0: Hello, and welcome to Everything is Annoying. I'm your host, Aviva Yael. Today is my first ever episode, and I'm a little bit nervous. This pod is really just about kibitzing and kivetching with my friends. I hope to bring in people that you guys think are as interesting as I think they are. Obviously, I hope you like it. Um, I'd love your feedback on these first few episodes. And soon enough, I'll be taking submissions and questions. If you have a gigantic pet peeve, that is super specific, like the the more OCD the better, I want to hear it. Send it to me. You can email me at info at everythingisannoying.com and let me know what name I can use. I can keep it anonymous if you want to. One more piece of housekeeping. I want to thank Mark Rivers for the theme song. He's an amazing songwriter who did theme songs for Parks and Rec. He works on Big Mouth. He did Mr. Show. He's written a bunch of jingles that we love. Um, from all our favorite shows. We also recorded these first few episodes at the gorgeous Sonos Studio flagship, flagship store in Soho. It's such a cool space. It's gorgeous. Um, yeah, you should visit it. Thank you to Saida Blount who hooked it up. You, my girl. Before we get started, I would like to share what is grinding my gears this week. This week, it's healthy people. I just joined this studio. It's in West Hollywood. Everyone in there is uh, either an Ironman athlete, a triathlete, or an Olympic athlete. I am 100% the weakest link. And doesn't matter what time of day I go or which class it is. I'm dying. Everyone else is like, hey, what's up? And um, it's really hard. It's like doing Pilates in a 95-degree room. So you just drench sweat. I love the results. My body's getting ripped. I cannot complain. It is absolutely amazing. My instructor is one of the hottest women I've ever seen in my life. Um, So that's pretty motivating. But there's a couple of things that drive me absolutely bananas about this workout. So number one, the people that go there, a lot of them are like those aggressive yoga breathers. This happens more in yoga studios, which I I fucking hate yoga. So I have no patience for it's not my genes. But I've been to a bunch of yoga classes and I've I've always wanted to be good at it, but I just don't have the patience. But anyhow, you know those people that go in there and they're just competitive breathers. Um, This is not a competitive sport. We aren't winning any medals for who can exhale the loudest. And your breath is actually stressing me the fuck out. So um, to all you heavy, loud lion breath breathers, you you have got to die. Um, another thing that really irritates me is that there is some Range Rover that parks in the handicap spot directly in front of the studio every single day, and it doesn't have a handicap license plate or even one of the tags hanging off of the mirror that lets people know that you're handicapped. I don't know what kind of monster does this, But that person needs to die. Third, so Adriana Lima, Victoria Seeger model, former Victoria Seeger model, one of the most beautiful women in the world, she works out there. And um, sorry, I don't mean to blow up her spot. Okay, there's many, many models. But she's not there every day. Don't stalk her. Anyways, she was working out in front of me today. And the way that the studio is set up is there's two rows of mats, and they're not staggered. So if you're in the – all the good people, all the supermodels and triathletes and Ironman women are uh, in the front row. And then all the, like, leftover gefilte fish, regular, you know, koi pond people are in the back. And um, I had to work out directly behind her. So literally I'm looking in the mirror – and all I can see is Adriana Lima's perfect, tall, beautiful, gorgeous lithe frame. And then my body outlining it just, you know, on either side. Like my hips were hugging hers. My shoulders were where her elbows are. Anyways, it was fucking suicidal. And, um, oh, there was also a girl with two she had fake butt implants. I had a fake butt working out in front of me the other day. And in order for me to check my alignment, I have to look in the mirror. And I literally had to look at these two ridiculous mounds to keep my balance. It was the most <laughs> disgusting, distracting thing. I don't, know how, I don't know when this awful trend is going to end. But these women are going to end up getting their butt plants, butt implants removed. They look terrible. My last complaint about healthy people... Who, by the way, I respect health. I work out every day. I try not to eat garbage. Um, But if you are an Instagram influencer and your shit is being healthy, I get it. It's your job. But if your entire feed is pictures of yourself, I don't care how physically healthy you are. Yeah, nuts. It is beyond. And also... The motivational quotes, guys. Motivational quotes. Ninety percent of them are just gobbledygook, and they're like passive-aggressive, corny-ass statements that literally don't mean anything. And as a writer, I read all this shit all the time, and I'm like, I, I, so often I want to reach out and be like, "What does this mean? Can you can you actually break it down? Because it's garbage, garbaggio." Garbage. But you know what? God bless you. Everybody needs to find their path toward happiness and um, posting selfies of yourself all day long and pictures of yourself strictly. If that brings you happiness, you do it. You, You get it, girl. Today I have Amber Tamblyn and John Roberts in the studio. Amber is an actress, author, director, and writer, and activist. Her book, Era of Ignition, just came out. It's a must read for every woman and teenage girl and for any man who wants to understand the shift that's kind of happening right now um, with women. I think we can all see it. The you know post Me Too movement or Me Too movement that's happening right now, there is a newfound activism, and this is a book that you'll want to read to kind of get a grasp on that. And John Roberts is a hilarious comedian and musician. He plays Linda Belcher, the mom on Bob's Burgers, and he's they're both old friends of mine, and I love them both. And uh, this was uh, like wrangling cats. We'll see.
1: Everything's Annoying. Everything's Annoying. Hi,
0: guys. Welcome to Everything is Annoying. This is your host, Aviva Yael. I'm here with my most... Is that how you say your last name? Are you kidding me?
1: I thought it was Yael. (laughs) Well, you know I had to speak and spell up until like... It's Yael. It's Hebrew. Okay. Um, So sue me.
0: I'm here with... My two most abusive friends, Amber Tamblin actress, activist, author, director, asshole. Bully. And John Roberts, terrorist. Gorgeous 30-year-old gentleman. I'm calling He's my gorgeous.
1: lawyer right now.
0: This is not cleared. I did not sign off for this.
1: Yeah. Hi, I'm John Roberts. I have three failed pilots and I play Linda on Blob's Burger.
2: Amber, would you like to introduce hi, yourself? Hi, my name is Amber Tamblin, and um, I am uh, on
1: General Hospital. The
2: uh, slightly heavier Amanda Bynes, um, and I write books, and um, and I'm really, really bored today with this experience. And I'd like to go get an alcoholic <laughs> beverage as soon as possible. So, mm-hmm. hi
0: guys, thanks for coming. Thanks Happy for to be ha- here. having us at this. Jinx.
1: Sona Studio we're doing the latest download right now for our Sona systems. That's right. which are out every. Do five
2: not minutes. unplug your Sonos <laughs> while you are doing an update. I repeat. Do not unplug your Sonos. Press the yellow blinking button with the green button while it's blinking, but only three times. And then when it stops blinking three times, hit the red button and the yellow button simultaneously with the green all at once.
1: And then hold the phone up to your butt and match the thing to the thing. You guys
0: are not getting free Sonos speakers right. out of this. That's Let's so start so over fine. again.
1: Let's start over again.
2: <laughs>
0: no, Hi. keep it rolling.
1: I'm John Roberts.
2: Hi, welcome to <laughs> Aviva. Aviva is Annoying with John Roberts and Amber Tamblin
1: let's talk about trump let's talk about trump baby <laughs> no, let's, let's talk about, about you and me. me let's talk about how we feel about having a big douchebag president let's talk, um, about, let's talk about how
0: all of us gained 15 pounds the second he got elected um, oh, hello so true. i used to be so hot i was wow, thin. i don't wow. know about
1: that i'll tell you
0: this i looked five yeah. years younger he you I don't did. know what he, he did. for me it really yeah, happened. You look really
1: bad. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but it's Trump's fault.
2: It <laughs> happened for me with the Kavanaugh thing. That's when before that I think I was doing fried okay. Foods, that's yeah, when yeah and, and I to just the whole um Kavanaugh trial and the hearing for the Supreme Court justice threw me off so bad and I was going like eleven o'clock at night going to my local bodega and just getting the biggest bag. Of kettle chips I just eat the whole bag I love a kettle Do you know chip. that I
0: actually planned really, A really. Palm Springs getaway weekend mm-hmm. Because I knew it was coming I knew, who, I knew what smart. was going to go down yeah, okay. And actually I, I broke out in hives And I posted something about it on Instagram Being like I have a Kavanaugh hives And it wasn't like three <laughs> people DM'd me back Being like girl me too It was like 20 people in my immediate friend circle Were like I fucking have like unendable gas. Like yeah. I have hives, I have acne. Like everybody was it was so horrible. I'm
1: lactose intolerant and I just kept eating ice cream and like pooping myself. Oh
0: god. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. So like, between about, Trump like, and
0: Kavanaugh, it's Note almost like they jokes. it's almost like they have the power of gravity and they're like I'm going to drop this on your face, bitch. Yeah, I think
2: they're I think they're really counting on destroying the left by um having us all Die of eating, of overeating. Diabetes. Of we're over, just gonna. We're stuffing sentiments. ourselves like like geese.
0: John Roberts is gay. the voice. <laughs> you are gay, and it makes me so mad the because you're of, so of hot, and I'm so sick generation. of the hot guys all being gay. All, right, all um, right, we've
1: heard that one before. Gay people, you know, we don't. That's not.
0: Are you gonna shame me for thinking that <laughs> no, gay guys? I wanted, guys to. Are I wanted have to think of a thing, again? but I
1: couldn't. I just couldn't.
0: <laughs> okay, so John, please quit um, halfway through that. I did. I quit. <laughs> John is. Linda Belcher, the mom on Bob's Burgers. He does amazing voiceover. I have a question for you about this.
1: I have a face for voiceovers.
0: (laughs) No, you have a face for hosting the Grammy Awards. Thank you. Yeah. So you know how they sing? We were talking about this before earlier today. Um, You know how there's like a song at the end of every Bob's Burgers? Did they start that because you were always singing as Linda and they like built it out? Oh, that's a good question.
1: Yes. No, just kidding. Um, Well, you know, Lauren... Bouchard's very musical, and um, I think Linda definitely fed the musical fuel there. Mm-hmm. But Lawrence really, because she
0: was a big singer. Yeah, well, before... Linda, I
1: sing, I sing all the time, and Linda sings a lot in character, and it's fun for her. So and she she's has got an kind of like this
2: album Lucy on.
1: thing, where she's you know she loves showbiz.
2: What <laughs> yeah. would Linda say if yeah. she was in a grocery store yeah. and she walked by a Viva pushing a cart? In pajamas with flip flops on. And
1: she oh, saw Oh, she's homeless.
0: <laughs> oh, she's homeless. Have you, do you have a nanny cam on my grocery outfits? I felt shopping? really personal. <laughs> I feel
2: like she would also have like a flask of some cheap wine. Maybe you were like folding. Boxes
0: in. You know, I diary. can handle um PJs and flip flops in public if you're gonna like really drag me down like that, but I do not drink cheap wine.
1: Let's talk about why you started this podcast.
0: (laughs) I wonder if your listeners
2: right now are listening to this and they're like, wow, this podcast really is annoying. They're like,
0: what's the point?
1: That's a good name for this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) What's my point? And then then boobies come out and it's like two points, boom, 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 like big boobies. Oh, but you can't see that. Get off the stage. You're done. Get the cane. I told you, I quit comedy. I'm in music now. I don't need to be funny anymore.
0: You quit comedy?
1: No, I didn't quit why i'll never quit look at me
0: <laughs> you're too hot for comedy i will say you're too hot for comedy mm. i think i'll second that he's exactly. gorgeous exactly. literally name
2: me I'm like hot the hottest comedy. comedian that you know
0: Dane cook <laughs> really <laughs> no uh, he's you so gross like he's like a human bootcut cut gene. but is he
1: so gross that he's hot <laughs> i would fuck him you though. see Gross people There's are hot.
0: No There's no way a you would. He's gross. not even your type. Now no, but somewhere. I mean, I feel like drunk in a bar. I, I'm bottoming out. I've been dumped. So gross. Dane Cook swoops in. Maybe Dane Cook, when he was and dating he Jessica Simpson, throat, I would have. Like, I don't know what he looks hot. like now. He could look like current day Piven. I have no idea.
1: Dane Cook would pick you up in one of his sports cars. He's got like Lamborghinis and shit like that. Ugh. He'd pick you up. You'd probably be first like tell all your friends like this is going to be really gross. And then you'd totally get into it. You sicko. <laughs> And then he would like totally rock your world. I feel like he's like one of those. Actually, I saw Dane Cook do stand up, and he was actually very funny.
2: Oh my god, I know he is funny. He yeah, is.
1: I know. I think he's got a bad rap. I feel. I feel. You well, know, I people don't know. Like about to that. Tear, build people up and tear them down. I, I think he's come that. a long way since his first. You know, fame is a rocky, hard from his first uh,
2: thievery. His from first-
1: his first getting, you know, when you sell out big tours and stuff like that, people come for you. There, everyone's jealous and stuff like that.
0: So what's yeah. a. What's the most annoying thing about being like publicly recognizable?
1: Well, for me, nothing because I only get recognized like once a month.
0: Actually, <laughs> I, you know what? I went to okay, I, we went out in West Hollywood. This is before you we were married. Yeah. And let me just say that the gay male community for sure knows who you are. You got okay. spotted like three oh, yeah. times, sure, and they were people is, like, were so not just fanning though. out; they were like in love with him. Is he's like the Brad Pitt of fucking? west hollywood i mean i was literally with like i f- i felt famous it was my highest moment as a fruit fly
1: really yeah
0: it was really it was a I very top shelf for you. experience
1: thank you that
0: was the night that we got in a fight at pomp and then you unfollowed me on twitter because what did you do i tweeted something jokey about how you hate jews which you don't and you literally unfollowed me on twitter for like two months
1: well, I don't think it was, and we were that. fighting at Lisa Vanderpump's really bad, gay bar. You also take bad pictures and post those. <laughs> you'll like to like you'll you'll be doing like an inappropriate joke with you, and then you'll yeah because like, nobody tweet knows it, who I there's am. No translation: So there's no. So it's like, no like I'm context. damaging your career. Well, it's just like for, dumb for ass. My benefit. Well, it's also like hanging out with a, no one wants to hang out with a friend that tweets everything that you're saying without them knowing that I've changed. Idiot. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Also, in my defense, I take gorgeous pictures of him. They're all stunning because he's not. so hot. And he's like, this is disgusting. You hate me. You fucking hate me. Like,
1: heterosexuals don't know how to take pictures. You guys are like, it's like your weapons with those cameras. Like, I just went to a hetero party and like all of a sudden, like tag, tag, tag. And I just knew I broke out into a hot sweat because I knew bad angle, bad angle, bad angle, bad so angle, what do you bad lighting, bad lighting, bad lighting. I bad can lighting. make the it's most, most like you're all
2: beautiful, beautiful landscape photo of two chins.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I've blocked so many straight friends for pictures or or just they don't know how to you guys don't know how to do social media mm.
0: Mm. what were you talking about
1: <laughs> that could be the name for those podcasts what's the
0: point names. or what, what are were we talking, talking about? about what was i saying why am i here what is your biggest pet peeve like mm. what's the most annoying thing like what crawls up your ass
1: her thong
2: <laughs> Literally, my thong. <laughs> I think one of my biggest pet peeves has become. It's so. It's such a simple thing, but uh, it's very irritating when people order food and they say, um, "Yeah, I would. I'll. I'll do the salad um, with avocado or whatever." They I just say, heard "I'll someone do." Say that. I
0: just heard someone Wait, say
2: that. Everyone does it. I did it for a long time. It was something that David it? pointed out to me once, yeah. and then like, I.
0: Oh. I'll do. Like I'll the do, do is like, the you end. No, watch.
2: I've heard you do it. I've heard anyone she does it when they the order dude? food. Like, I'll do the um I'll do the salmon uh, instead gross. of saying I am, I'll order or anything else.
0: So embarrassed. That is just yeah, it's really frustrating.
2: And it's a generational yeah. thing. I mean, there's just things that uh, are I'll do. Yeah. You'll see. What are we fucking executives what, in are you Hollywood?
1: Gonna fuck it? Yeah. You can I'll do it. Yeah. You're gonna it. You'll see when phone?
2: we when we go for drinks after this, you're probably gonna be like knowing of you, but she's like I'll do a dark and stormy.
1: I don't. That's your
0: favorite. Drink. No, that's mm-hmm. a really good. That's gross. that's a good pet peeve. That's, that's really
1: pretty annoying. Disgusting. What about yeah. I hate when people. I mean, this is a general thing, but just people aren't aware of their surroundings.
0: <laughs> <laughs> give us some specific but, um, examples.
1: Okay, let me give you another one. Um, I hate automated um, phone um, operators. <laughs>
0: oh god that's a nightmare that annoys yeah i just got caught on a
1: loop i was trying to pay a bill because i'm a gen xer and we use the phone still (laughs) because we're so left behind (laughs) it's like we're like covered in dust like where is everyone (laughs) it's just nothing we don't know how to do anything so i'm like two hours on the phone like what the hell but meanwhile you could just like log into your password like a millennial i I called called my
2: nephew recently and i was like and he didn't answer and then he just texted me and he was like why did you call me (laughs) literally texted me why did you call me and i I had
0: a question for you sure. about, I,
1: I, yeah, we don't about know Thanksgiving. And He's he was like, like, did
0: someone just, die? Yeah, just but text I, kept, me. I don't understand. I waited
1: like on 20 minutes, and then I got through the operator, and then they're like, let me give you a number, and then they just gave me the number that I was on hold for. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then I finally that called. That fucking I
0: episode a of Black Mirror. I said, I
1: said, you know what? I'm going to call the Better Business Bureau, which, I, of course, I'm not going <laughs> to. I don't even know that exists. That is so old. Exist. That's not I even know. Gen
0: X. That's like my grandma.
1: I was like, yeah, that was like the greatest generation. Is that even
0: still in business, the BBB?
1: <sighs> I'm old. I have sure. I have, I have some other pet peeves. Um uh, Yelp. Bad oh, you're breath, so ancient. Dirt in your nails. Um,
0: Wait, dirt in your nails. Oh, scalp
1: smell. Oh God, I hate scalp smell. That's gross. Especially yeah. in the summertime. Um, scalp
0: smell. That's yeah, so specific. You know,
1: yeah, I know. I know. Um,
2: there, is should we going? Good. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. experience uh, is a pet peeve for me.
1: Let's see. I hate. Um, Starfuckers and <laughs> well,
0: <I'm out.
2: laughs>
1: fake people, um, <laughs> two phase people that wear thongs and like I hate. That um, I hate everyone that works at SNL for not casting me. I hate um, tough but fair. I hate um, the industry. <laughs> I hate uh, heterosexuals and um, I hate um, uh,
2: capitalism. Those
1: cars. I uh, hate <laughs> capitalism. They're so fucking annoying. What are those cars? Uh, Kias. Kias? Yeah, and PT Cruisers. Only oh assholes drive PT <gasps> Cruisers.
0: I feel that way about bugs. Okay, I have a good one. When people say divisive.
1: Oh! <laughs> uh, Ew.
0: Who says that? A lot of people on MSNBC, because that's, you know, I'm, I You're love my left me. wing pods and my left wing news, and they're <sighs> all like, it's so divisive. You're I'm like, like okay. it's divisive. Snowflake. It's
2: divisive. Um, I feel like Los Angeles has that issue too, which I, I understand. Proper Spanish would be uh, uh, los feliz.
0: Oh God, it kills me.
2: Um, but when people, when my white friends do that, that's real hard Disgusting. for me. As opposed to los Feliz, which my is- dad,
0: my dad, he lived in Colombia. He did. He dodged the the Vietnam War and went to the Peace Corps in Colombia. Long story short, lived in Marin County, and he'd be like, "Today we're gonna go to San Rafael," oh, and I'm like, "Can God. you?" And that's how we talk since he talks. What are you pronouncing it the right Saint way? San Rafael. No, he's
1: no, a Jew no, from the Bronx. Yeah, that's not... So what? He was getting to the spirit. Oh,
2: Can I do a Bob's so Burgers song?
1: A really good... Two topic. people together forever, security in life, and someone to love you instead of being all alone. Such a lonely existence, I'd kill myself.
0: <laughs> Thank you. I feel that's a real song. so good. Are you serious?
1: Yeah, that's on the Bob's Burgers soundtrack.
0: No. Yes That's so I just gave good you, I, thought, like, I honestly gold. thought You were shading me Because you were looking Right at me the whole time I do
1: that to all it. my fans They all think I'm singing Directly to them Dumbass I was
0: like
2: really <laughs> He just called you His fan <laughs> <laughs>
1: You are, oh wait, yeah, when I first met her, she was like stalking me after her show, and I was I'm like, gonna oh, my forever
2: introduce you was as my fan obsessed
1: like, I'm like, like I was trying to get like <laughs> like trying to get out of the aisle, and she like every eye like every seat like I tried to get out, she would like block me at the, and I did it I, I like, just, I'm just, it was like, oh my God, okay, okay, let's be friends.
0: <laughs> you know how I found out about you is because Brend, my friend Brendan Donnelly sent me a YouTube video. Of the Christmas tree mom, uh, and if you guys haven't iconic. seen the Christmas and tree and everyone mom, rips it off, it everyone, is, there's
2: so many comedians and so many people that try yeah. to rip it off. It's yep. 30
1: years old now.
0: That's crazy. <laughs> no, that shit is so funny, and I send it on all my like my Christmas holiday stroll emails, like all that stuff. I didn't do it this year, but I have been sending that email that video to people for like a decade. It is so fucking funny.
1: Well, I have to say, it's very sweet that it's on a holiday and people.
0: And I love Bring my gay back. son too. That yeah. Makes me it's happy. so good. My son is that's gay. that's my, it's my a favorite real one. Story. My that's a true
1: story. It
0: is? Yeah. Is it is what about her talking on the phone? Did your mom really do that with the
1: little courts? I wrote my mom. He's oh gay?
0: He's, he's gay? He's gay. Get used to it. I that wrote, what
1: it is? My, my mom used to one. do that on the court. Yeah, on the court in the eighties, and I would just I would sit under the dining room table and look at the bottom of the dining room table and just hear half of her conversation and it was like a lullaby. Oh you my god. You know? Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, you you not Right, cause she's, she's uh, you know, you get like that half of the thing. Yeah. And uh, and my son is gay because I wrote a letter to her, you know, because I was too nervous to talk to her because it was like.
2: I didn't know that. You
1: know, it was like 1984. No, I'm just kidding. But it was it was harder back then. And, you know, it was the best way to do it. And then she called me like, Are you sure? Like, how do you know? Like, you know, and I was like, Ma, I have to get on a train. Like, I have to go. I have to go. And then, you know, it took her like a year.
0: Oh wow. wow. Well that bad. was but so that also at the time cathartic. that you yeah. came out, it was a big deal to do that. Like now I think kids are a little more comfortable. Some kids. Yeah, it There's was harder to accept- be come yeah.
1: out as a vegan. <laughs> so my mom was like, you know, like everything had meat I love on it. Like fur, time, you know.
0: mom, I love fur. Well, Can
1: she imagine? was like meatballs and everything, like, just pick it out. Just pick it out, you know? <laughs> and um she couldn't understand that part. She got the gay thing faster than the vegan part. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I forgot you're vegan. God, well, it's like, give how I, much has your mom been through?
1: I know. <laughs> Poor thing. Yeah.
0: I love that one because it is an ode to your mom. They're all yeah. odes to your, oh, to your sweet mom, And hopefully
1: for all the moms and all the people that come out and have to, you know, I know someone right now that's in their 30s that is hemming and hawing about coming out to their mom. Oh, and it still wow. happens every day. And it's very stressful for, you know, someone to think about that and losing the close relationship that you have with your mom is such a big tragedy in your mind, but it doesn't, you know, if your mom's an asshole, it's going to happen. But normally but the moms are cool and they're going to gonna like, be okay.
0: Knowing that that is the risk, like that you may that not. That your
1: relationship is going to change forever. Yeah. It's like it's hard, it's hard and, enough to yeah. break
0: up with somebody you don't even like.
1: Yeah, you know it's what I mean. Hard. But to tell someone that, but no may one should feel that way. To you. Because if your mom, the truth is, if your mother doesn't love you, then she is an asshole. <laughs> that's true. So I mean, it's hard. You know, especially in 2018. You know, there's enough tools out there for everyone to. But then you have be to be okay. able to
0: invoice her for the therapy, the ensuing therapy. I think that's yeah. fair. Yeah. yeah, get a job, mom. <laughs> Somebody actually uh, mm-hmm. gave me a good one the other day. They said that when they go to like a fancy soap dispenser and it's like a fake soap. So they think it's like Aesop or something and then it's like, or like Mrs. Mrs. Myers, but it's like that pink, like people refill it with the cheap stuff.
1: I hate Febreze. Is that
0: hitting? That is the most like
2: high class problem.
1: Yeah. Febreze <laughs> annoying, is disgusting. Though. I hate, I hate uh, Febreze or bad air fresheners in like an Uber Ugh. or any kind of car. Right. Bad, art. yeah, like that makes me that want That is throw really out. annoying. Yeah, I hate that. It's like, don't you smell this? It smells like shit. What's wrong with you?
0: What's the most annoying thing of about 2018? Like, what happened this year? Oh my year god! That you're just literally Donald everything. <laughs> yeah,
2: literally everything.
1: Kavanaugh, Trump, Kavanaugh.
0: But they're not annoying. They're like life-shattering yeah, tragedies. Yeah.
1: So what was annoying? Waiting eight months for HBO to give us an answer on our pilot oh god. and saying that they is that loved annoying? It. It's annoying <laughs> developing anything with HBO if you're developing anything with HBO. frustrating, for sure. I'll tell everyone that right now.
2: Mm.
0: Damn. And it's no secret. What about global warming? <laughs> well,
1: that's not annoying. That's life-shattering, too. Yeah.
0: I know, but like, yeah. I, I, flew I think, think maybe where... you should
2: rethink this podcast.
0: <laughs> it's funny because like literally uh, nobody else had a problem with this and they just like went off and like answered very easily, but.
1: We're giving you like scoops, girl.
0: I know, I do have scoops.
1: Yeah, you have some scoops. <laughs> Let's go to hot topics.
0: Let's go to hot topics. All um, right. <laughs> you know who did the music for this? Mark Your Rivers. Oh, he did. Awesome. Oh, that's going to be great. What's the most annoying thing about Mark Rivers? Just kidding.
1: <laughs> His Facebook posts. No, they're actually that's really exactly
0: funny. I haven't seen anyone. them, but anybody that's. Anybody who posts on Facebook, I don't want to name. I excuse Names. me, mine
1: are all John jokes. John What's Roberts. wrong with posting on... Then why are you on there looking? Oh,
2: you're one of those trolls diss. that's like. You're Disc. on there
1: all the time, but you're too afraid to take a risk and post
2: anything. Aviva, are you you afraid like to post
1: I'm lifting spirits every day with every with a, like a, just a flick of the finger. No,
0: you're hilarious.
2: Aviva, are you a Russian bot? Is that why you're too she afraid? She is a
1: Russian bot. You're a
0: Russian bot. You're a baby
1: bot. boomer troll.
0: I am not a baby
1: boomer. You are too a baby boomer. Just
0: my body <laughs> and my face.
1: My neck's a baby boomer. What's the most annoying thing about um, people mistaking your teeth for corn on the cob? <laughs> <laughs> What's... Um, this
2: is so
0: childish. I know. I you see, even. it's turned
1: into like a shit show with Viva. And you know what? I'm done. I, I call my agent.
0: <laughs> when I first like, met John, you know, we like hit it off or whatever. I was like, I was like, you're not getting out of this friendship. <laughs> I was obsessed with him. and um, And all my friends were jealous that we were becoming friends. But I just want to put it out there that I was there before you were... A legend, a D. Lester. Um, <laughs> I was there when, before you were a, a vlogger. I'm um, vlogger, but he. Uh, he sta- I remember we came out for his like first round of like important meetings, like
1: the first flop. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but he came Oh my god and he came, he stayed at the um standard. That's how you know you're like haven't made it when they put you up at the standard, by the way. And- or
1: you put yourself and up at we're like the standard. Out. And you used to be the valet supervisor there. <laughs> That's yeah, funny. I used to park cars. We, there. He, he you was go
0: into credit debt to I make mean- yourself feel like you're about to make it. So we were we were exactly. at the pool. We were sitting out of the pool and there was literally this greasy Rat king of like Las Vegas, like bikini models. Guys and girls remember them. They're like some of them were wearing cowboy hats, some of them had pink hats, bikinis. Everybody was like a hard. LA loves a gross neon cowboy
1: hat. They (laughs) love it. When they go party like a rave, like it's a 40-year-old with like a cowboy hat. Oh no. And it's it's always brand new. It's not even vintage. It's always brand
0: new. Why is it always brand new? Why what's wrong with vintage? Uh, It's like the leftovers from Coachella like moved to LA from Las Vegas. They formed a human pyramid. Parasite, they formed a human parasite. Boiled up, and one of them like slid (laughs) off of the pyramid and then they like collapsed or whatever. It was the grossest thing I've ever seen. And we're like, it it was literally just them and John and I. And he was like, We're like on these giant swans in the pool. Like, we're such fucking Yeah, We went in the pool, and he kept, yeah, we went in the pool. I mean, we didn't put our heads under, we're not stupid, but he, um, he, I remember it was like your first big meeting, and you were like. I was like, I'm so excited for you. This general meet and greet, you know, Warner Brothers and HBO, wherever you were going. And you were like, honey, I've been dragging my fucking wigs around New York for like two decades. I'm ready.
1: And now here we are a decade later and yeah, still you doing nothing.
0: my podcast. It's really sad it's how still nothing. Fall, far you fall. Honey,
1: I've been dragging around. You made me sound like so old and like <clears throat> gay. <laughs> <clears throat> Honey, I've been dragging my wigs around well, that's how Stonewall you said it. since the Stonewall <laughs> like, riots. I've been dragging- <laughs> what the hell, you know, I'm so <laughs> sick of this blatant homophobia. Is that why he was invited here today? How many other gay guests have you had on Aviva?
2: Oh, God, this is getting
0: real. Who's
1: your favorite gay person and why?
0: Ooh, John Roberts, because I hate myself. Thank you. I have really low self-esteem. No, say it again. Who's your favorite gay person? Harvey Milk? No, it's honestly, it's you. Thank you. I'm going to chop you up into tiny little pieces and put you in my basement. <laughs> Do you know who my
1: favorite gay person it's, is? Obviously,
0: it's Freddie me Mercury. Me too. <laughs> it's me.
1: Oh, it's Freddie Mercury. How timely. I know. It's, I'm a basic bitch. No, I'm, a, I'm the biggest fan. I'm, um,
0: He's amazing. And if David Bowie was gay, it would be David Bowie.
1: Oh. Well, he definitely had a dick in his mouth at some point. Yeah,
0: he was openly bi. Yeah. But you said but he was more straight. straight up gay. Yeah. Freddie. You
1: know what I loved about he Queen, though? It was really a marriage of gay and straight. Like, the bandmates were straight. and it, You know what I mean? And nowadays, like, everyone's so, uh, like, you're the gay person. You're, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know if that dynamic could yeah. have
2: happened
0: these days. Let's talk about my book. <laughs> well, I did want to ask you about that. I have a book
2: coming out. It's going to be great. Really proud of it. It's called Era of Ignition Coming of Age in a Time of Rage and Revolution. It looks at uh, my sort of existential crisis and um, spiritual and professional awakening, if you will, in my 20s, against um, the lens of a country that's also sort of going through its own existential crisis. It's a collection of essays. I can't wait
0: to read it. It's hardcore. Is it is it anything like your poetry books? Mm, a a is, little. Is it more like di- like um,
2: autobiographical? It's it's part memoir, but it really looks at statistics and about just um, the landscape for women, people in the LGBTQ uh, AI community. Um, I said IA. Oh my god! Help my my dyslexic brain we'll fix it in that <laughs> um in the trans community the queer like you know uh, pretty much anybody who's been marginalized and looking at the trajectory of that and um and like this time where you know we people are really mad people are really angry and feel like their voices haven't been heard and their work hasn't been seen i mean you just talked about that like in a very specific way too of like you know we're joking like does hollywood hate queer people that it, maybe it's possible. Like they don't want they don't want entertainment that looks like that. Just well, I think
1: we're a minority, and the numbers are smaller than other things. Yeah. So that's a reality in Hollywood. It's always numbers. So yeah,
2: and it's I always too about what the country wants, right? So people yeah. are always looking at what will sell. They think to um, to the market in a larger sense, and um, and so they assume like oh, nobody wants to hear these stories, but. Things like um, Crazy Rich Asians and Black Panther and Pose, all of these type of shows and films are good sort of stories
1: that good actors, amazing, good amazing are breaking the molds and proving. You just tell a good story; it's going to connect right. to people. But there's, right. you know, people, executives that are too afraid still, or totally. Just, you know, so the
2: book looks at a lot of that yeah. and sort of also just some really tough experiences going from being a child actress to a. Um,
1: I was the ghostwriter on the book, so uh, we <laughs> John can tell, Roberts we can tell them no. the
2: yeah. whole thing, yeah, yeah, I
0: <laughs> so it's like actually it's just um, sort of a trajectory of the career of vivian westwood (laughs) yes that's correct that's That's right that's right um i can't wait to read it what's what's a i have to just before you go i I wish you were like i can't
2: wait to read it what's your bethany frankel story
0: (laughs) (laughs) um you're not leaving without that no i i honestly i i have been wanting to ask you like you know you you were one of the original sort of voices and founders of time's up and you know in in uh in the same time frame that the me too movement is happening and all these like watershed moments for women do you feel looking back at 2018 like is there any change do you feel any positivity about it oh yeah where- i mean
2: i don't know if i feel the positivity yet i i feel so the term this term of era of ignition is something that i consider to be What comes after the idea of a Saturn return, which is, you know, or an existential crisis, anything like that, where there's just sort of like a condensed, condensed, really intense time in which things are rapidly changing and being uh, accounted for and dissected. And um, it's when you have many different. Kinds of people speaking at once about their injustices. And that's really hard because now you've got a lot of different people who are uh, harmed by other different types of people, but also by their own communities. And we're hearing a lot of that right now, especially, you know, one of the great examples is just sort of the conversation around gender pronouns, which I think is phenomenal. And I know there's many older generations who are like, I just don't understand it. You know, I myself get tripped up with theys and things like
0: that. And I'm still on like, wait, what's cis? Like, I I know, but I
2: love it. I love that there's a generation that's taking over that conversation and they're like, get the fuck on board, old person. Like, Mm -hmm. they're saying they're the ones that are like, you don't know how to say they. Is that so hard for you? Like, it's so confusing that I could possibly not want to be one of two stupid genders. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay," And I like that the conversation is being has been taken over in that way. And Mm -hmm. it's the same thing where now, you know, I think so much of um you know, patriarchal society addressing men in positions of power and men being sort of forced out of some of those conversations has made a very important room for white women to have to address their own shit and their own culpability and racism and stuff, which is finally has been there forever, you know, especially with I, yeah. white feminism and all that. So I think I think this year has been really powerful and mm-hmm. and everything that has happened, it may not feel like it's enough yet, but I think I still think the worst is to come. I think 2019 and 2020 are going to be really, really tough because really? they're election years. I think it's just going to get worse before it gets better. But you know, I as I, with I, most infections, kind <laughs> of has to. You know, so I, I want to get to the root. I, of I it. feel like
0: women, for the first time, like in my lifetime, have stopped being catty. Like my whole, yes, life, I've noticed that we've all That's just been catty, and I'm telling except you, except for the first 45 minutes of this podcast. <laughs> I was pretty depressed during the 80s. The, the primary, like the, <laughs> and prim, the 90s. from the primaries <laughs> to the election. I started getting depressed. After the election, it was real; like I was really depressed. And um, and I, when it was sort of this like build up, and then when the Me Too stories, uh, when the Me Too phenomenon happened, and Harvey Weinstein and like our good friend Catherine Butler, who was really pivotal in telling that story. Um when all that stuff started to happen, it something changed in me and I was like, I I just felt different. Like I was like, women are being nicer to each other, we're smiling at each other. Like I'd never noticed that. I've never seen it before. People were being a little kinder and I'm looking at women differently where I'm like, holy shit, we're all like we have all been sexually abused, emotionally abused, or physically abused by someone to, you know, being sexualized when you're like 10 to the worst case scenario of being attacked. And I just felt this incredible compassion for women that I had never felt before. There was always like some sort of like – and I just felt like I'm never going to fucking fight over a guy again. Like who cares? Take it. Take it. Keep it. Like you know what I mean? It's just it's this whole attitude change and it wasn't just a personal transformation with me. It was like as, you know, my friends were expressing similar feelings of, like, we're all in this together. Like, mm-hmm. we yeah, are. that's the power like, of that the story. Like, the prisoners are free. The prisoners are free. We don't have to do this anymore. If somebody violates us, we can talk about it. Like, how many times have you just sort of acquiesced to some guy because you didn't want to make them uncomfortable and you're, like, we're conditioned to, like. Make men comfortable. So it's really, that been, is very, very true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you go back through your Rolodex of all the idiots that you've had sex with, and you're like, I didn't really want to do that. You know what I mean? Or even like all the free, free
2: work, like free. You know, for me, it was always about doing like
0: you know script can you rewrites. Make some notes. Yeah, notes. Can I pick your brain. Yeah, bitch. I'm three hundred dollars an hour to pick my brain. I literally am a consultant <laughs> yeah. for a living. So I didn't mean to get in like that, like you know rant rant. But no, like, I mean, I I just I totally agree, and I think that
2: all of us are kind of doing that individually. You know, no matter what it is, you're kind I, of looking and you're more hesitant, and I think that in the hesitation is where we can find the honesty of what what we're providing or not providing, how we're harming, how we're not harming. And, you know, um, that's not to say, like, don't listen to your instinct about the work and the art you want to create. But I do think it would um, benefit us all to hesitate a little bit. And I think that this movement and what's happened in the last year, this sort of latest um, iteration of Tarana Burke's Me Too movement, the one that started in 2017 with the Harvey Weinstein stuff and all of that is um, – is very much allowing people to have the space to question these things. And to me, that is like the first step. And we cannot say that that's not a huge deal because it really is a big deal. It's really big. It's, you know, it may not be perfect yet. And we may not have, you know, especially in the entertainment business where, um, you know, like the Academy of motion picture arts and sciences just recently let in a huge number of women to their member votership. A lot of um, people of color and, uh, again in the queer community um uh, which was huge for them. It was a predominantly white white votership, which then, of course, dictates which films actually are successful because they're nominated for things. So there's a trickle down effect of what succeeds,
0: mm-hmm. and that's
2: been predominantly white forever mm-hmm. in any industry. So
0: I'm so sick of seeing movies about mediocre white guys. I am well, so sick of seeing Oscars movies about like war. Any
1: award shows, <laughs> like the audiences are blindingly white mm-hmm. at every award mm-hmm. show. Yeah. yeah, which is always not.
2: But that's changing. You you know, and it is, and, and I
1: think with our generation, like the younger, we're way more. We're the first kind of generation to deal with integrated schools, and 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 you know, grow up in the civil rights movement. Yeah, and we really got that message. I would like to think our generation did, and and that uh, even since you know we've come so far since then, yeah. Even just relating to each other and and talking about what makes us different and what makes us the same, a hundred percent, and and, and uh, what offends us and what bothers you know, and and having the, the conversations that weren't there before it's so it's so yeah, nice just to be able to have the, the, the space
2: to say that the is more so people that important.
1: speak up the better we are everyone should just tell their truth and say what's what's really happening and people should listen and and realize that there's consequences for not listening for people that are suffering yeah. Yeah. like you know those all the olympic those poor girls you know and uh you know no one nobody listening to them but for years yeah. you know the all these kind of movements are kind they are kind of happening at the same time yeah, uh, yeah trans movement and women's and 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 uh black lives matter and you know and that's
2: why when you say you know when we we think about things like mm-hmm. well people didn't complain before they didn't it didn't seem to be a problem in the 70s mm-hmm. and it's like there just literally wasn't space pro- for it the to the be problems a problem were there they were they there just
1: so was susan sarandon right
2: Oh, God. You know what, that word, she is banned this from this podcast, podcast is canceled, no. this podcast, oh God. don't Boy. you ever say literally well, just got canceled, here's what I
1: want to say though, and I don't think it's Trump either, I think it was all leading, even with Obama, there were Black Lives Matter and things where movements were starting, and I think it is technology that's really fueling all of our move- movement, and I think the millennials too, being such a big generation, and Gen Z being a big generation. You guys know
2: I'm a cusp mul- uh, millennial.
1: You're a zennial
2: or whatever the hell it is. I'm literally a millennial. How scary is that? But I'm that's jealous. you know what though. I use it sometimes. Big I use it to my benefit. Great
1: things happen with big generations, and you guys don't have great voting record yet. But it's wait, I'm not a millennial. Better.
2: Why oh, you're <laughs> would so, you? Sorry. Oh you're a cusp I millennial. vote
1: you're every
0: <laughs> election. How dare you you're lump a dirty, me in the millennial? Sick
1: millennial. <laughs> no, um,
0: you're only a millennial, and it's convenient for you, Amber. That's <laughs> true. That's true. And are you're millenni- making appropriate. The baby
2: boomers work. <laughs> You're
0: appropriating millennial culture yes. by being young and gorgeous. Yeah.
1: There were a big Successful. generation Like growing up As a Gen Xer Everyone that played A 17 year old Was like 40 years old when we grew up <laughs> And then so we got true. Skipped over Andrea and now,
0: from 90210 The first <laughs> big legend Of that Andrea
2: oh, She's maybe oh a Gen gosh. Xer Though I
1: think she's I do like, She's
0: like She's now the
2: pre-
1: she's
0: now
2: president
1: no, Of SAG her. No I know she, she is the president But of she SAG, was like 40 yeah. On that show
0: So <laughs> random But I know that
1: No but that, that That is a weird I don't know It is, it is you funny though Did say she's the
0: president Of SAG Yeah
2: the Screen Actors Guild Right
0: Yeah she is Yeah she is I am so you know what? Good for you, Andrea. She, I'm <laughs> glad she had happened. Get it, again. Andrea. Like, she never acted on anything again.
1: She's my favorite Jewish woman.
0: Great Jewish women. They're really great. Yeah. That was good. That was sounds kinda, like was, Linda. You're yeah, gonna have to it use that. Sounds every like time. Linda, but not really.
1: Okay. <laughs> that should
0: come at the top of every segment. Hey, hey, we're great. We're Jewish women. Yeah. Mazel Tov! Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love how non-Jews, the only Jewish word that they know is Mazeltoff. <laughs> I'm Jewish. That's really
1: true. No, I'm not.
0: You are not. I You're Schick's Italian up. Catholic. I'm a wannabe. And Amber is married to a Jewish guy who is the most least Jewish person. He would say
2: he's Jewish. That's like mm. his thing always. What do you, what do you mean? Like he's Jewish. <laughs> I'm
0: not really Jewish. He's Jewish. He's not religious. No. <laughs> but he's Jewy. He's Jewy. All of his friends are Jews. Is that true? I mean, John Benjamin.
1: Yeah. Is I'm his true? friend.
0: No, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not, honey.
1: Here comes Santa Claus. Here comes Santa Claus. Who's right your now? favorite Jew? No, I don't know. <laughs> okay. That's not it.
0: So, um, can you tell me... <laughs> John, can you tell me who your favorite Jewish, Jewish woman is? is? There's so many. Alive or dead? But hopefully, a lot. There's so many, and why?
1: Natalie Price, my mother's best friend since I was a baby. Famous? Oh, she's famous.
0: She's famous to John.
2: No,
1: um, I want to say. Classist. I'm going to go with the Sarah Silverman. Really, I was going to say that. Well, she's the obvious choice. I mean, I could go with Gilda Radner or you know other she's people mine. in comedy. Um, what do you love about Sarah? I love about Sarah. She's a Gen Xer like me. She learns from her mistakes. In comedy, which is good because comedy changes, and some things are funny and feel empowering in one decade, and then the next decade they're not anymore, and that's okay to recognize. And that's been happening. I think that's she, did, a I lot think she does a good job of that and, and navigating a way out of it because you always have to find funny in that. And then I think comedians like Kevin Hart. uh, I wonder. I don't know how big he is in the gay community or what you know, but I would imagine he's, you know. I don't know. I don't really know. <laughs> so I'm not gonna say. But I think that she, in comics in general, say inappropriate things all the time, and uh, sometimes they're empowering, and sometimes they're good, and other times they're not. And I think she's good at navigating right now. Yeah, the um, context
0: of the era know. really matters. Cause yeah, the context people's of the past era, have context, taken him out this the in the joke. last two years.
1: And you know, um, I've gone back and forth with you know saying fag and stuff like that. Um, it's offensive to a lot of people. and But it was empowering in the 90s, <laughs> you know. And I came up in that, you know, I mean, we dykes on bikes and things like that. we in the gay pride parade. So mm-hmm. you have to give everyone mm-hmm. a second to catch up, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think she's good. And everyone, it's a very confusing time. Everyone... A lot of that can be very silencing for artists and comedy in general, mm-hmm. so it's nice to have someone that actually makes a point and brings it all into perspective and put, creates a context for everything. I think she's and she, she's great at that and and you know I and think, she
0: definitely feels yeah. like she's like starting to she's like at that nice age where you like start to give back a little bit like you're not sure, you know what I sure. mean like there's a bigger picture out there, yeah, that's what it feels like. I don't know,
1: well no, I think uh yeah, she's a good person, yeah,
0: like she's trying to make some like good mm-hmm. stuff in the world right now yeah amber do you have a favorite jewish woman? oh yeah i
2: uh, my favorite woman period is jewish who is it it's not you aviva i, I know i, I kind of like, knew that was coming and i were, braced like, myself yeah yeah um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Oh, delicious. yeah. I mean, that to me is obvious. She's the queen. You know, she's the obviously the first Jewish woman. Um, you elect, got a little
1: brown elected. on your nose, Amber. You got a little <laughs> brown on your nose. I love
2: you, Ruthie. <laughs> um, first woman, Jewish woman, elected to the Supreme Court, um, but also just the second woman ever elected to the Supreme Court. So, not that huge of a deal. But just, I think, I think everything she has done for women and um for the legal legislative world in the United States is pretty incredibly powerful and um just symbolically uh everything that she is and represents to me feels like um the embodiment of what women should be allowed to pursue and do and be
0: that is righteous
2: yeah that's a great one yeah it's kind of hard to top that i know i'm i have when i saw your question i was like oh that's easy yeah, yeah. you're i mean um, Aviva, what about you though? Who's your favorite Jewish woman?
0: Well, my number one I mean, it was it was always Gilda Radner. Yeah. But I cannot wait to see that documentary. I'm gonna oh, just it's sob so for days. Good. My mom
1: kids watch is another so, sad documentary. My
0: mom is is so in love with her yeah. that she uh Told me she can't watch the documentary because she's afraid of the tears she'll shed. Yeah. She, also, she told me, which I didn't know until I saw the documentary. I met Gilda Radner, but I was a little baby, so I don't remember. But my mom, she, the SNL came to New Orleans. This is in the doc, and they were supposed to be on a Mardi Gras float, and or they were supposed to record live there, and they got mobbed in New Orleans, and they couldn't go. They couldn't do the production or whatever, and they all went into this local restaurant. Pascals or Pascal's Minelli, I think. I, I don't remember, but it was the middle of the day. It was like two in the afternoon and it was the entire cast of SNLs, like Dan Aykroyd, wow, Bill uh <laughs> Bill Murray. Um Who's the other blues brother? John jo, jo, Belushi? John Belushi. John Belushi. <laughs> John Belushi. <laughs> Sorry, I'm so young. Was this
1: like 1877? <laughs> um, wait, what about... Um, wait, they were,
0: so they all came into the restaurant and Gilda was there with her pigtails and my mom loved her so much that she had her pigtails. She was oh obsessed with Oh my God. Because my mom was in theater and lived in New York and was like hanging at wait, they Max's both had pigtails? And, at the Chelsea Hotel and she was in that whole like Patti Smith adjacent acting scene. And so she knew, she was like, I feel like if I had more drive, I would have been Gilda and I was like, good luck, mom. Like Oh, that's sweet though. I know. No, but Gilda's so funny. Mommy. No, I love my mom, but she's not hilarious she's no the way Gilda, Gilda Runner. Gilda has the most confidence I've ever seen. When I see her on screen, I'm like, you know, I relate to her because she's she's not a beauty, but she has this beautiful spirit and she feels really fucking good about herself. And I've always related to that. Like I've always yeah. been like, I don't have my looks. <laughs> I have this other stuff. I would say Gilda Runners number one. But then Ooh, I got ouch. really a, obsessed with Fran Leibowitz. And oh, Fran yeah. is my I, living legacy to yeah, me. Yeah, her, her life story and also her work. She's except, pretty
2: except
1: for her last article where she said Gen Xers carry around tablets and uh, millennials read books or whatever.
0: She doesn't even have a phone.
1: No, she yeah, wrote just, something where she was like she could be people in their 40s and it was a little off base
0: yeah but it made, she's you know, anybody in their 70s like, she can like say whatever like the baby
1: boomers we get it you love the millennials you see yourselves and each other it's like a love fest but don't like you know what Fran get John feels attacked Fran
2: stay John in your lane, okay attacked. you know what Fran yeah lane. thanks so much get for listening everybody thank you so name.
0: much we'll wrap this up thanks uh, you guys so that was my first episode of Everything is Annoying it was super fun a little uh, I think we lost the plot about 20 times but we'll bring it back in the following episodes and uh, I'll have my favorite Uncle Mari take us out with this nice, chewy guilt trip. Bye!
1: Yeah. About calling back. I've been awake drinking coffee after coffee after coffee since you said I'll call you right back. That was, what, a month ago?
0: Uh, Can't wait till you get here. I strangle you. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye.